Gardiner raised his axe. I looked toward the king. He was leaving his intervention very late. I glanced back at the stage. My uncle, head down, flung wide his arms, a sign of his consent, the signal that the axe could fall. I looked back to the king. He must rise to his feet now. But he still sat, his handsome face grim, and while I was still looking toward him, there was another roll of drums suddenly silenced, and then the thud of the axe. First once, then again, and a third time, a sound as domestic as chopping wood. Disbelievingly, I saw the head of my uncle bounce into the straw and a scarlet gush of blood from the strangely stumpy neck. The black-hooded axeman put the great stained axe to one side and lifted the head by the thick curly hair so that we could all see the strange mask-like thing, black with a blindfold from forehead to nose, and the teeth bared in a last defiant grin. The king rose slowly from his seat, and I thought childishly, Dear God, how awfully embarrassing this is going to be! He has left it too late! It has all gone wrong! He forgot to speak in time! But I was wrong. He did not leave it too late. He did not forget. He wanted my uncle to die before the court so that everybody might know that there was only one king. And that was Henry. There could be only one king, and that was Henry. And there would be a son born to this king. And even to suggest otherwise meant a shameful death. The court returned quietly to Westminster Palace and three barges rowed up the river. The men on the riverbank pulled off their hats and kneeled as the royal barge went swiftly past with a flurry of pennants and a glimpse of rich cloth. I was in the second barge with the ladies of the court, the Queen's barge. My mother was seated near me. In a rare moment of interest, she glanced at me and remarked, You're very pale, Mary. Are you feeling sick? I didn't think you would be executed, I said. I thought the king would forgive him. My mother leaned forward so that her mouth was at my ear, and no one could have heard us over the creaking of the boat and the beat of the rower's drum. Then you are a fool, she said shortly, and a fool to remark it. Watch and learn, Mary. There is no room for mistakes at court. Spring, 1522 I am going to France tomorrow, and I shall bring your sister Anne home with me my father told me on the stairs of Westminster Palace. She is to have a place in the court of Queen Mary Tudor as she returns to England. I thought she'd stay in France, I said. I thought she'd marry a French count or somebody. He shook his head. We have other plans for her. I knew it was pointless to ask what plans they had. I would have to wait and see. My greatest dread was that they would have a better marriage for her than I had made that I would have to follow the hem of her gown as she swept ahead of me for the rest of my life. Wipe that surly look off your face, my father said sharply. At once I smiled my courtier's smile. Of course, father, I said obediently. He nodded and I curtsied low as he left me. I came up from my curtsy and went slowly to my husband's bedroom. I had a small looking-glass on the wall, and I stood before it and gazed at my own reflection. It'll be all right, I whispered to myself. I am a Boleyn. That's not a small thing to be, 
and my mother was born a Howard. That's to be one of the greatest families in the country. I am a Howard girl, a Berlin girl. I bit my lip, but so is she. I smiled my empty courtier smile, and the reflected pretty face smiled back. I am the youngest Berlin girl, but not the least. I am married to William Carey, a man high in the king's favour. I am the queen's favourite and youngest lady-in-waiting. Nobody can spoil this for me. Not even she can take this from me. Anne and father were delayed by spring storms, and I found myself hoping, childishly, that her boat would sink and she would drown. At the thought of her death, I felt a confusing pang of genuine distress mixed with elation. There could hardly be a world for me without Anne. There was hardly world enough for us both. In any case, she arrived safely enough.